Good morning. Good morning. I greet you all this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we come for worship on this Pentecost Sunday, the day we celebrate the birth of the Christian Church as the Holy Spirit entered into the lives of men and women long, long ago. Just a couple of quick announcements to, to share today, or actually probably less than quick than usual anyway, I do have a few extra this week. Um, June 15th, we will be having a congregational meeting to discuss some of the issues we've brought, or some of the questions we brought up at our annual meeting a couple weeks ago, and primarily being um, the future of the use of our building. Uh, there's also one other small piece of business we will do, deal with. We're going to make a slight change to our elected officers for the, for the church council. And so we'll be doing those two um, items of business on Wednesday, June 15th at 7 p.m. There will be a prayer meeting at 6 p.m. before the 7 o'clock meeting. Church council will meet the day before that, June 14th. It'll probably be mostly to prepare for the 15th as we we see what trustees brings back to us. Our summer schedule, um, as you may have noticed on the screen, we, were, we will have services for July and August at 6 p.m. on Wednesdays, which will mean we will not be having a Sunday morning service. Our, our thoughts as to having this Wednesday evening service is that we will attempt to reach out to families in hopes uh, that they will come and join us and experience the joy that we share together when we worship. So that'll be Wednesdays at 6 p.m. No Sunday services for July and August. We've had, we have a number of upcoming burials from funerals that happened over the last number of months. The burial for Cecil Jackson will be Thursday at 1.30 p.m. at Lakeside Cemetery. So, and, the, and the burial for Mildred Kettlewell will be a week from Monday, so May 13th at 10 a.m., also at Lakeside. Our strawberry tea, as some of you are starting to question us about it, the, the details are to come. Of course, we don't know for sure when we're going to have it, but we know we will be having it, and it will be takeout only once again this year. So that's all of the details we have for right now. More will come as the month progresses. went out of order on my sheet, so make sure I get everything. As I mentioned last week, I was out of town for a couple of days, taking Anthony and other athletes to the provincial championships for track and field. Uh, we had a wonderful weekend. The weather was okay. It was a bit chilly at times. <laughs> Yesterday morning, we wished we had our mittens, but we had a good time together. Um, we can report that Anthony went and competed in four events. He came back with three silver medals in the 100 meters, 200 meters, and long jump, and he is the provincial champion gold medal <laughs> in the high jump. So think, good job, buddy. I thought I could make it through. It was good seeing everybody exceed and do so well this weekend. So we celebrate all the athletes, especially the number of Cape Breton athletes that did exceptionally well this weekend. Any other announcements to share today? Let's just now take a moment to quiet our hearts as we prepare to worship our God.
On this Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the gift that God has given us by the power of the Holy Spirit that was brought to us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That the light of Christ is with us always as God walks with us every single day. Let us share together, reciting the story of Acts 21, the day of Pentecost, together. Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And they saw what appeared to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And all were amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of him and said, They have had too much wine. Spirit, open my heart to the joy in me. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall all prophesy. And it shall be that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Spirit,
Let us pray. Lord, may your Holy Spirit settle on us. May we, like Peter and the disciples, experience your presence today. May your Spirit fill our hearts so that others may even think we're weird. But in love, may we follow your lead, your Spirit, as it speaks to our heart today and every day, and as we be your witness in the world. Amen. Our opening hymn this morning is Come Down, O Love Divine. The scripture this morning is taken from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. The peace of God. Farewell. I wish you all joy in the Lord. I will say it again. All joy be yours. Let your magnanimity be manifest to all. The Lord is near. Have no anxiety. But in everything make your requests known to God in prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Then the peace of God, which is beyond our utmost understanding, will keep guard over your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. And now, my friends, all that is true, 
all that is noble, all that is just and pure, all that is lovable and gracious, whatever is excellent and admirable, fill all your thoughts with these things. The lessons I taught you, the tradition I have passed on, all that you heard me say or saw me do, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we seek to praise your name. We seek your spirit among us. We speak your light upon us. Lord, may our hearts draw nearer to you. This we pray in the name of Jesus, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Thirteen years ago tomorrow, at an outdoor ceremony in Montreal, on a cool spring evening, I was ordained by the Montreal and Auto Conference of the United Church of Canada. 
Now, honestly, I don't remember a whole lot of the ceremony. I remember the moment of my ordination, somewhat. I remember lining up with my other ordinands to process into the service. I remember some of the singing. I remember uh, the woman who stood with me to serve communion. She was a supporter from my home church in Ottawa as we served the gathered people communion. And I remember the people from my church coming forward to celebrate that day with me and receive communion from me for the first time. And I remember feeling the powerful presence of God as just throughout that service, I just tried to take it all in. I also remember sitting in the conference the day before, which would have been 13 years ago today, and sitting there and remembering I forgot to write a speech. And it was a speech I was supposed to give that afternoon, which they had asked all of us who were being ordained to do. Now, there was a lot going on that week. Some good friends of mine got married on Wednesday. We went back to the apartment. We packed up. Thursday morning, we left with our three- and five-year-old to drive from Halifax to Montreal, stopping at a rather questionable hotel on the way Thursday night, and getting up early Friday morning to finish the drive. So somewhere in all of that, and leading up to that, I had forgotten that I was supposed to give a speech. So I, in a panic, I grabbed a pad and pen and jotted down some notes. I was, I can't remember if I was the last to speak, or one of the last to speak anyway. And as the others went up, they had these great prepared scripts. They had quotes from theologians and professors that they've been studying and learning from over the last number of years. And I had bullet points that I put together literally an hour before I walked on the stage. So I was a little intimidated, maybe. Definitely feeling underprepared. But yet, regardless, I walked up to the microphone confidently and sought to share what I had scribbled down on my notes. I spoke about my journey. I spoke about how God had moved me from where I was to, through the years, navigating me to where I ended up on that stage. I, with, and with God's help, I got there, as well as the help of a lot of other people. So, after all that, I still got ordained. They voted for me, so I guess I did okay. And just a few weeks after that, we moved down the street to Sydney Mines. Now, it's Pentecost Sunday that makes me think about these memories. It makes me think about the times when, when God felt close in my life. Times like when I was ordained. And, and the joy I felt in his presence that night with the gathered community. Times like when I stood on that stage and trusted God to guide my quickly assembled thoughts and words. As I, spoke, as I was speaking to the largest crowd I had ever stood in front of ever in my life. And probably still even today. I don't know if I've stood inside a crowd that size. As hundreds of people sat there listening to me with my name on a ballot they were about to check yes or no. Their future was held, my future was held in their hands. But I also think about the quieter times. The times when I'm sitting alone with my Bible and my journal and praying. And feeling the presence of God in those moments when he speaks and shares with me. 
Or another time when I was working in my garage when we lived in Ottawa, and how all of a sudden I just felt this deep sense of silence. That on this Saturday afternoon in the summertime, my entire neighborhood was completely silent. I couldn't hear a single thing. And how God revealed his presence to me there. There's so many of kind of those little moments where you feel God so close, it's almost like you can reach out and touch him. I'm sure you all have your own God moment stories in your life. I believe that we all have them. But sometimes we don't recognize them in that moment. Sometimes we need to look back and realize, hey, God did that. God was there. And then that moment takes on a different meaning for us. Sometimes there's moments where it's just undeniable that God is there right then in that moment in a very powerful way. Now these moments are quite rare, and, but they're amazing to, to be part of. I can only think about maybe two or three times in my life when I've experienced that. That undeniable presence of God acting powerfully in a situation or a moment. Usually when you least expect it. Now you may not have had one of those experiences. It's okay. As I said, they're fairly rare. And just because you haven't had one, do not think that God is not active in your life because He is. He's not been neglecting you. God has done something in your life. I promise you that. Maybe in your own prayer times, if you can't think of anything, just ask God to point one out to you. To reveal a memory to you where he was there. And at the same time, maybe ask him to help you see him even more often. It's this time of year that I tend to think of these memories because it's the anniversary of my ordination, but it's also the day of Pentecost. And the day of Pentecost may have been the biggest movement of the Holy Spirit ever in the history of the world. The disciples, they're gathered together And the Holy Spirit literally sweeps in and takes over everyone in their house, changing their lives forever. What a moment that must have been. The Spirit of God just blows in that room, takes over and just settles on each person. And they are moved so powerfully that they just rush out in the street because they have to share what they just experienced. And on that day, upwards of 3,000 people joined the church on the day that we recognize being the birth of the Church of Jesus Christ, Pentecost Sunday. Now, what do we do with this story? It's a wonderful story, but it's a story we don't fully understand. But it's a story that when we read it, we're impressed, right? It's a story that might even make us think, well, I wish that would happen today. But then sometimes the thought follows that, but it, but it couldn't happen here. Why couldn't it? Why couldn't the Spirit of God settle on this church or this community? Why couldn't he do it? I can tell you it's already happened. I've heard stories of revival in Cape Breton. They've happened here. Even here in Sydney Mines. We just don't tend to talk about them. We don't tend to tell those stories. A few months before we got hit with COVID-19, September of 2019, we held revival meetings here in this church. 
and people's lives were changed. But we've kind of already forgotten about it because a few months later we were locked up in our homes because of COVID restrictions. But those two nights when we were in his church, they were amazing nights. There were hundreds of people in this building singing and praying together. At the end of each night, dozens of people came forward for prayer. And as people shared with me on their way out during the days following, they were powerful moments of prayer in their life. And for some people, it was a life-changing event. There were even people healed those nights here. God can move. God will move. God does move. We just need to be ready to respond when he does. And we need to expect him to move. That way, if we expect him to move, when it happens, we see it and we're ready. So how do we be ready when, for when God is going to move? Whenever or wherever that would be. Well, I think we can turn to a reading from Philippians 4. Those closing words of Paul's letter to the church and see what he has to say. Now the version I prepared my sermon from is a little bit different than what Paul and Jane read, but the, the same story is there. Just the words are slightly different. And Paul begins our reading today by saying, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. The Lord is near. So we are to begin by acknowledging that we are in the presence of God always. Whether we're in the church, in our car, in our home, at work, at school, wherever. We are always in the presence of God. Now remember, when Paul wrote this letter, where was he? He was in prison. And even in prison, Paul knew God was with him. And Paul goes on to say, do not be anxious about anything. Now Paul knows life is stressful. He's writing this letter, sitting in prison. He knows that being a church in a world of sin is stressful. Being a church in the midst of a pandemic is stressful. But anxiousness and worry does not help. Now, I'm not talking about the mental health issues of anxiety or anything like that. That is different. Paul is talking about kind of those moments in our life when, when things start to overwhelm us and we worry and we get anxious at those various points. We all have them. Those situations that make us worry and be anxious. But Paul says, don't be anxious. So then what are we supposed to do then, Paul? So he says, But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So really what he's saying is, trust God. Let God handle these situations. Worried about the budget? Present your request to God in prayer. Worried about the future of our building? Present your request to God in prayer. Worried about the, the lives of children in our community who live in poverty? Present your request to God in prayer. We cannot fix everything on our own especially things of the scale of those. We need to trust that God has an answer. That he will, as Paul says, give us his peace. That he will guide our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, and our actions. 
This letter that Paul writes is to a church. He's writing to a group of people who are facing some of the same challenges that we face in the world today. He's writing to a church that is dealing with the sins of the community in which it serves. He's writing to a church that may be feeling uncertain about its own future. He's writing to a church that may be trying to find ways to be faithful and welcoming to those who come. And a church that may be trying to figure out ways in which to reach out to others. The early church faced the same challenges we are facing today. And Paul is telling them to pray and trust God with all things and with thankful hearts. And as we look back and what's happened since, we'd have to believe that what Paul said worked. Because the church still exists today. The church can still be found in cities and towns and back road, country roads, all across the world. The church still exists today. Now it's true, the church right now is facing challenges we have not seen before. That we have not seen before. But we're not facing anything new that the church hasn't already faced in 2,000 years. The early church, the churches that Paul wrote to in the Bible, they faced the same struggles about where to worship, how to reach out, how to bring in new people, how to survive. They faced these challenges too. The church that survived is the church that trusts God. By opening itself up to dedicated prayer, submitting to all authority of God in all things, that is when we see that God most moved most powerfully in the history of the church and the faithful people. And even when Paul writes this letter, the concept of the church in struggle is not a new thing even then. Because when we look back at the Old Testament, the story of the faithful Israelites, when were they most prosperous? When they trusted God. Because when they didn't trust God, that's when the wheels fell off. As I was driving home, I remember when the wheel fell off your van. <laughs> a couple of years ago. Um, as we were driving home from Maritime Conference. Anyway, but when they, when they didn't trust God, that's when the wheels fell off. And the community fell apart. But then eventually a new leader would come along. And a new leader who was faithful and would listen to God. And things would start to come back together. It's a cycle that we just see over and over and over again in, in the entire history of God's faithful people. All the way back to Adam and Eve. Who would walk with God in the garden. Side by side. But then they chose to eat the forbidden fruit. They chose to rebel against God. And that's when the trouble began. We get comfortable. We get complacent at times. And we walk away from God. It's not intentional. We don't mean to do it. But we do walk away. Yet God is always calling us back. God is always persistent in loving us. God is always ready to work with the faithful people who trust him. The disciples, filled by the Holy Spirit, did amazing things starting with the day of Pentecost. Going out and proclaiming Jesus to the world. They trusted what God had given them. 
And they shared it openly, openly birthing the church of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we read our Bible, we see that God is most active in people when they're facing challenges, but when they're facing those challenges by turning to God for help. Whenever we're reading the Bible and we see God is off in the distance, nowhere near the Israelites, that's when the people became confident in their, themselves, their own abilities, their own skills, their own traditions. They relied on themselves instead of God. It wasn't God who was distant, but the people, the people who were walking away from God slowly. It never happens overnight, never. Sometimes, even when you look at the Bible, it spreads out over generations. And over those generations, over that time of walking away, that's when the troubles started to come in. Over the last century, as the church, as the church universal, I think it's become comfortable, self-reliant. And now it is facing a crisis of identity and it doesn't know what to do. This is when we need to turn to God. We need to be praying about these kinds of things. We need to be listening to the nudging of the Holy Spirit. We need to ask God to speak to us and direct us. Both as Carmen United Church, as the United Church of Canada as well, and even the global church. Only God can save us. Now a number of us in our own times of prayer, and even in the prayer time before our last before our last general meeting, we had visions about this church. And in those visions, and it's not just one, there were a few of us, there were visions, in the, we had visions of the church that was bustling with activity. There were children everywhere. And these are not memories of days gone by, but these are visions of a possible future for our church. So as we figure out what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks, we need to trust God. If we leave, we leave. If we stay, we stay. But, otherwise, but, but, but either way, we do as Paul advises the church in Philippi. Place all of our anxieties, place all of our fears. We give them to God. We put them in God's hands through persistent prayer with thankful hearts. And we listen to God for direction. Where does he want us to go together? And let him grant the peace in our hearts that Jesus promises, whatever that may be. I'll let Paul finish this off tonight with the last two verses from Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9 that we read this morning. He says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul, as a humble servant of God, leads God's church by reminding them, reminding everyone, to seek God first and the peace that only he can bring. May it be so in our lives, in our church, in our community. Amen.
Let us sing together, Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. Let us join our hearts together in a time of prayer. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that we celebrate on this Pentecost Sunday. The day that you birthed your church, this church. Lord, as we read and remember the actions of the disciples, their incredible faithfulness, their incredible witness. We give you thanks. It is because of their trust in you that we exist today as Carmen United Church. 
And Lord, we recognize too that it's never been easy to be the church. There's always been struggles. There's been times of coming, times of going, times of sureness and uncertainty even. We've experienced it all. The church has experienced it all. Lord, we just pray that as we explore options, as we move forward as Carmen United Church together, where, whichever direction we may go, that you will lead us. We know that you have a vision for us. You may have given us a glimpse to some of us. And Lord, we pray that you speak to all of us your wishes for the future of our building, but more importantly, our church. Lord, we pray today for those who do struggle. And we know that there is plenty of struggle in our own community. Lord, we see it in our streets. We hear the stories in our schools. We see it in the faces of our children and, and the people who walk our streets. And Lord, we pray for them today. We pray for everyone in this town, for everyone on the north side. Lord, we pray that your spirit be upon them, that your comfort, your peace be with them as it is with us. Lord, as we see and hear the challenges that our communities face, we pray, O oh God, that there be a way in which we can help. Lord, we pray that as a church, as individuals, as a community, we find ways in which to support those with great need. And that be we be a faithful witness to your love for them as you love us. And Lord, there are days right now that we are afraid to turn on the news as we continue to hear of shootings in our neighbors to the south. Lord, we pray with broken hearts for those who suffer under the hand of violence from others. And Lord, we pray that there be a shield of protection from the gun lobby, and from guns in general. Especially those, especially children, and those whose lives are vulnerable. But Lord, we pray for all. We continue to pray for Ukraine, O oh God. We pray for Russia. We pray for the countries that are surrounding those two, as they seek to be neutral, but also to offer help to the refugees that continue to flee for safety. We pray for those who are getting onto planes and landing in countries far away, especially those who are landing in Canada and even in our own province. God, we pray for those people who are so far from home in a strange land just looking for safety. 
Lord, we pray. We pray for all others in this world who struggle. And on this day of Pentecost, O oh God, we pray that your spirit sweeps across this land. As we remember in the Old Testament, Lord, your wind swept across the desert land, bringing life, putting flesh onto dry bones. Lord, we pray that your spirit blows across this land and brings life to dry bones. Bones that may not be dead, but bones that are feeling dry and lost and alone. Bones that need life breathed into them by your Holy Spirit. Lord, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. We need your peace. We need your love. We need your hope. Lord, we know that you are never far away. So continually, just draw us near to you. Draw us home to you who are our creator. The one who is love infinite. The one who sent us your son to show us the way, to bring us life, to show us how to live, and the one who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our closing hymn today is, I Feel the Winds of God.
the wind of God blows through us, with us, and all around us, wherever we may go. Let us lift our sails and walk with him. Let him guide us. Let him lead us out into this world to be his light, to be his examples of love as he loves us. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, and each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen.